0: So I say to always tell people, if your life was the only Bible someone could read, what would it tell them about Christ? Hello, friend. How are you?
1: How have you been? I know why you came back. You came back to hear the end of or to hear the rest of Karima's story. I know you did. If you're new, you're in for a treat. Welcome. This is Life and Fake Chats. If you are a subscriber, a supporter, an encourager, just a friend stopping by, welcome. When we were last together, we were listening to an amazing, informative, enlightening, and inspiring interview with Karima Emordi. Please join us as we continue and as she talks about her life story. We're about to jump into the chat. This is Karima. Let's continue and thank you for being a guest and sharing your story on Life and Faith Chats. When we left off, you were telling us about a coworker because you were at a point of, I guess, crisis in your life and um, just trying to figure things out, wanting to go to heaven, but you had a friend called that you had nicknamed Teflon Don. Please continue.
0: Yes, no one said her name. her name is Rose Hunt, just like the woman who put the oil on Jesus' feet. She said, "Your name would always be mentioned. I like to say that because she's a beautiful woman of God. And um before I get back in the story, I will say this, people know that as believers, unbelievers are watching your life. They're not watching what you say, They're watching your results in your life. So I say to always tell people, if your life was the only Bible someone can read, what would it tell them about Christ?
1: Please pardon the sound and speech delays that are about to happen. There are quite a few of them. I apologize, but listen carefully, please.
0: And so all those people who had different times tried to tell me about a Jesus that wasn't working for them, I had no use for it. Because I'm like, you're broke, you're struggling, you're in all this craziness, you're sick. I mean, why would I want that? I like to encourage everyone as a believer to know that unbelievers are watching your life. Um, It wasn't what Rose was trying to tell me or, you know, convert me. It was her life, a lived life that I was watching from afar or up close because she lived over top of me and she didn't know I was watching. Trust me, I watched the lives of everyone who said they were Christian. And it wasn't that some of them have great lives, but it was a lot of them whose lives didn't line up to their beliefs. And so I didn't say anything about it. You were still my friend, yet I didn't want any part of your Jesus because if your Jesus isn't working for you, I don't want it. Because in my mind, I was still believing that, you know, what was real accomplishments was physical and tangible and money and success and stature. So even though it's nothing wrong with that, I know that's not what really matters. But So know that people are watching your life. You can't act one way and then invite someone to church the next day and then say, well, it's my life. That doesn't know how it works because people won't ever say nothing. They will just watch your life and never want a part of your Jesus. So moving forward, I thought we we could stop the channel on that and just say, let's
1: just end. But thank you for saying that. Thank you for admonishing and exhorting me. Thank you. Please continue.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It's something I, I I think about daily because I remember being that person from the other side. And so um, I was watching her, calling her Teflon down, watching all these things just kind of not stick and people that will come after her and put all these emails out, even go on the news because she was trying to do something good and she worked for the corporation. So of course, when you work for the corporation, even if you're trying to do something good, people are lambasting you. So moving forward, Um, I didn't know that she knew I was dealing with something because I didn't talk to her about it, but she spiritually discerned a lot of things, which I understand now as a a believer because I have the Holy Spirit. And so I remember during that season that I was, it got so bad that I couldn't sleep. And so I lived in the, you know, in the place by myself and I started to sneak and because I would be up all night. I couldn't sleep. I was afraid to go to sleep. Um, And so I would turn on the television, which I never watched, but I would just flip through. And the only time I would get any peace is when I would turn it on these Christian television programs that had these different teachers and pastors teaching, preaching. Now, I can't say I was necessarily listening to what they were saying because in my mind, oh, I don't want to hear that. I wasn't making the connection. But I did know is that I would always finally fall off to sleep when that channel was on. For whatever reason, I did, and, and I understand now it was the spirit of the Lord, but in that season, all I know is that when I got to that channel, when I would keep through flipping, when I would wake up finally a few hours later because I would be up all night, I would be, I would have sleep and I would have had that peace enough to, uh, uh, no fear enough to close my eyes to go to sleep. So one day I remember um, um, Rose came up to me and she said, uh, I want you to come to church with me. And only because at that, I had a lot of respect respect with her. Her and I, over the time of living in that, you know, same condo associability, we became friends. And out of respect, I had a lot of respect for her. So I said, "Let me go." And I've been to churches all the time. I would go speak at them based on the work I'm doing in whatever company or corporation I might have been working for. So I wasn't unfamiliar with churches. I just didn't go. I went there for a purpose. But she asked me to go, and out of respect for her, I said, "No problem. No, I'm not my, I'm just going to go because it's you know it's my friend." And but I went there sermon was fine wasn't anything that like moved me or i was like oh my god but they did something and they had a letter offering letter offering um envelope and you would put if you had a prayer request and at the time right before that i had been you know calling my father telling him i've been having you know challenges with our faith my faith in islam because you know leaving the faith is not easy as a muslim and i was like like that he was having different moms call me and talk with me because I was just lost I was so you know anxiety panic I was emotionally wrought, and I was looking for something I wasn't finding it with the Quran when before I could read it and I actually found solace I wasn't finding that so I would call my father we would talk about it um and so when I went there I wasn't looking for the christ but i knew i needed something so i just wrote in there god if you're something to the effect that god show me who you are you know because i i felt so distant from him like i wasn't hearing from i didn't feel no comfort no peace i feel like i was all alone and it was a horrible feeling and i wrote on the back of that envelope you know it's a prayer for me and i'm praying that please pray that god shows me who he is or shows him some something to that effect i can't remember my exact words put an offering in there and dropped it in the um and the offering basket and to walk out. They don't even take it. You just kind of leave it on your way out. And I got And then something else that I, I'm mine as Christians on too. Um, I have been to so many churches over my career because I would speak on different things. And every one of them asked you to fill out one and write a prayer request. I had never gotten a call back from none of them. I didn't even think that. I just thought they just did it as a kind of on the form. I actually got a call back. And not only did I get a call back, I got a call back from the pastor. And so that's something else that I say. Don't tell people you're going to do something because we become used to it not happening. And it had never happened. I had been going to churches for years, not, as I said, as a person that was speaking on whatever thing I'm dealing with, because I worked in politics and all kind of different things. And so but I never got a call back or, or a follow up of any kind in over 20 years of working. That was my first one. And it was the pastor of the church, a young white guy, my, mm-hmm. my first pastor. I ended up being I didn't know it at the time. But anyway, he called me. I didn't pick up because I don't know numbers. I don't pick up numbers. I don't know. He left a message saying he wanted to talk to me. And I was like, I called my friend. Your pastor didn't call me. Girl, what do you want? You know, that was that's, I was very dismissive. He was young. He was white. Um, I, I was very dismissive about and that idea that I was still in that kind of black nationalist mode. He going to come save all the black folks. I'm good. I, we don't need Christ. I'm OK. You know, that was my mentality at the time. And she was like, just go and talk to him. Again, out of respect for her. I did it because I didn't want to disrespect her. Not that I was disrespectful for him because I'm not a disrespectful person. I just wouldn't have returned his call. I would have been like, oh, okay, whatever. But I went and talked with him. And he just said he just wanted to meet with me. He was doing some things in the community. So I said, okay, I can, you know, talk to him about some of his members coming to our educational programs. So we met and he had talked to me and he gave me this book called The Case for Christ. By Lee Strobel. If you have you never heard that, um, if you ever read that book, if you haven't get it, and if you know any unsaved people, get it to them. I, I'll i probably I should get a commissions on the amount of people I have got that book for, and got them to read that book. And the book was from a Pulitzer Prize winning atheist who set out to prove that Jesus was a lie. And at the time, almost. Ten years oh no 10 years ago he had been a pastor for 25 years <laughs> so basically on his quest to to prove that Jesus was a lie the you know the whole myth of Jesus was a lie because he didn't even believe in any kind of um higher power not even as a Muslim anything he, he was an atheist a staunch atheist um he gave me that book and told me to read it about halfway through the book, I called my father and I said, Daddy, I'm really looking at this faith called Christianity because only halfway through the book, everything that I had ever been, all the lies and the myths and all the misconstrues and all the, the misinformation I had been fed over my life about Christianity and all the things that I would use to block the um, the deity of Christ were debunked in a anal- analytical um, a real practical way, and I wasn't into the, all the hooping and hollering. That was something that turned me off. I'm like, the reason you hooping and hollering is because you don't have any substance. But this <laughs> yeah. broke it me down methodically, and I like teacher preachers. I mean, I, I like you know, I'm, I'm an intelligent person. I like to use my mind, and so I need you to be able to teach in a way that I can actually break this down. And it did. So everything that I would try to raise up in my own head, I would get to a new chapter, and it was breaking it down in a way that was like, wow. It was so undeniably good. And and I also know that my heart was open for him because I was in a lot of pain. But I don't know if I read it before, I wouldn't accept it, but it was just that well written. And it was so like he blocked every argument. I could I couldn't come up with anything. So by the end of the book, I knew that I believed I was still afraid, but I believed that Jesus, the truth, the truth of Jesus, by the end of that book. And so so fast forward about maybe a week later all this happened like in a next in a two-week period a bunch of stuff like my whole life changed god is when he gets you he gets you and he bam now i didn't know at the time that rose and a group of people from that church had been praying for me because she told them if we catch her we're going to bring a lot of people to Christ because i was very well known very popular and they knew and i was a very well-known muslim and so to bring somebody like me to big you know, we talk about it in scripture about getting certain type of people to to accept the Christ. Then I was like the woman at the well. I could go to the city and tell people. I will leave my pot, and then you know the Samaritan woman who went and brought a whole basically evangelized, and the whole city came. You know, so she was an amazing evangelist, and and I know what God does. That He moves. He gets certain people that have an influence. So when they when they convert. People are like, wait a minute, if God is real to her when I know she doesn't believe in Christ, that their testimony would be heard by a group of people that would never listen to it from someone else. So I recognize the strategy. Now at the time, I didn't. I just thought, you know, I'm just needing help. So he used me in so many ways in a good way. used me. So anyway, so I uh told my father, I called my dad back. It's like, Daddy, I think I'm going to try this Christianity. And I was so afraid because, you know, that's almost like getting you know banned from your family the whole nine yard and i'll never forget this and it's really a difficult my dad just passed like not even like a month ago mm-hmm. so it's still real raw for me and then but he i remember him saying so clearly daughter you're gonna always be my daughter that's all he said and it was like he wasn't agreeing to it but he wanted me to be clear that nothing was gonna change that and that was the freedom. And I love that man so much. I eventually converted him too, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but um, uh, that was all I needed. And so the next day, so all this time I had been waiting to get into a gastroenterologist because of the ulcers that I was having, because it was so, I was in pain and a lot of pain. I told you at that time I couldn't even drink water. It was very, very difficult to eat or drink. And by the time I go, go to that appointment, it, I was at that you know, even swallowing water was a ex- ex- painful experience. So I was on my way to an appointment I had been waiting six months to get into, and at the time I had this 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 um, CD that a friend made of mine, a bunch of gospel songs. And I always loved gospel music because I'm a I'm a vocalist, you know, I'm a worshipper, and but at the time I was I was a singer and I I love good music, so I would listen to Christian music all the time because they had some of the best singers. So I love the music. I didn't
1: Christian music as a listener.
0: Oh yeah. And it was more for because they could sing well. I wasn't listening to it for the message. You know, like I love them because they can sing well and I love good vocals. So for me it was always if you want to get somebody that can sing, go to the gospel side, because that's where the people that can really, really sing at. So I love good music. Um on you know, all this great gospel music. And at the time, my driver's side windshield wiper had broken and I hadn't went and got another wiper, but I had forgotten about it because it hadn't rained. You know, as women, we don't change it right away. And then, oh, my goodness, I should have got a wiper blade. I don't think about those kind of things. So I'm driving to the gastroenterologist, which was about 20 miles away. And the as I'm driving... All of a sudden, it breaks out. It starts off with a trickle ray and it breaks out into what I consider a monsoon, a deluge of water. I mean, so much water coming down from the rain that I couldn't see it. I almost hit a car and I had to pull off the road. And I'm like, "This is a. these are appointments with the specialist that it takes you six months to get in. So if you miss the appointment, I don't care who you are, you're going to have to wait to get back in. And I knew I couldn't miss this appointment because I had waited so long to get in. And I'm like in so much pain. So I pull off to the side of the road, you know, and I'm like, I go into the Walgreens parking lot because I couldn't see because my windshield wiper on the driver's side was broken um, and I hadn't replaced it. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I got to get to this doctor's office. So, you know, during this time, it was a whole bunch of background stuff, but I'm, you know, knowing that I'm thinking that Jesus is real that I, but I hadn't accepted him yet. I mean, I, in my mind, I'm I'm still you know still pondering it. But I said, I I needed him. I needed something, and I'm in the parking lot at, at Walgreens, about maybe another, t- not even ten minutes away now to the um, doctor's office, and I'm. The rain is pouring down so heavy and I got maybe 20 minutes to get there and I'm like if I don't leave soon I'm going to be late for this appointment and I won't be able to get a, re- a you know another one for who know who lo- knows how long. So I'm sitting there and I said, God, if you're God, stop the rain and get me safely to the doctor's office. So gastro- and office. I'm going to stop you again. Okay. Friends, <laughs>
1: My chat with Karima is, as you are about to find out, is going to be three parts because I do not want us to miss out on anything. Um, she shared a lot of things. And as a believer, just telling us to that people are watching us, that it, it, it's just confirming what the Bible says. They're watching our lives. Um, I still want to ask her this question and she's getting to it because she hasn't completely converted yet in her story. So she's going to get to that because I'm going to end by asking Karima, not now, you you have to come back to, to hear this, because I'm going to ask her one major difference that Jesus has made in her life. And I'm also going to ask Karima how she knows that she's now going to heaven because that's what she wanted. I want her to share that. For you to hear all of that, what do you have to do? You've got to come back. You've got to come back. I know I'll be here. She'll be here. And we'll be waiting for you. Thank you for joining me on Life and Faith Chats. Blessings. This has been good. Like and share. Bring a friend and peace. Thank you.